Because Money is brought to you in part by our supporters on Patreon. If you like what we do here and uh, want to hear us keep on doing it, we would love if you would check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash because money and consider lending us a couple of bucks so we can keep on because moneying. Today our episode is all about another one of those topics that's <laughs> kind of hard to talk about. It's about our parents' money and how to think about considering your parents' assets and your family assets when we're thinking about things like retirement planning and those other fun kind of late, long um, projections, of financial projections. So hope you enjoy our conversation about family money. Um, and what are we talking about today? Uh, parent money. Oh shit. Yeah, right? What do you do with your parents' money? We did pick a bunch of things that are kind of like feel a little loaded. Is it just me all the time? Like this one feels like it's a little, feels a little bit weird to talk about. This is like parent money. And is it just the imagining that your parents are going to die and like playing around with that scenario is kind of morbid? I don't, <laughs> I have a hard time feeling like anything is morbid. And I, I wonder if that's because there's just, I don't know if it's a combination of just my own TMI personality or like, <laughs> like how many times can you say in somebody's financial plan, like if so-and-so were to pass away unexpectedly, like you just have to tiptoe around it a little bit. And I'm sure there are clients who are like, you can just say die. How do you communicate that tone that you just gave in a font? Like, is that an italics? Oh, there's a special, oh, there's a special <laughs> font for that. <laughs> if somebody were to pass away, away unexpectedly. <laughs> there's definitely a whole font set for that we had kristen design a, <laughs> a how to tiptoe around things a it's, euphemism font <laughs> it's garamond bold <laughs> tombstone tombstone <laughs> yeah so, yeah i don't i don't yeah I, i'm not the right person to ask if something is morbid what about you john is that like does that yeah i'm the right person to ask if something is morbid Do you remember the disability insurance episode like yeah, I remember it. <laughs> it's very, very in there. <laughs> I think if nobody else remembers it. But see, I, I don't think that means that you think that it's morbid, actually. I think your facility with words around that kind of topic mean that you actually don't think it's morbid at all. It's just everyday life. Yeah, but I, I'm just not a good barometer of what other people might think because i'm just like yeah let's talk about sure. <laughs> right. oh great no, I, yeah. I guess i guess i wonder specifically in the realm of talking about parents whether there's another kind of level of i don't know do you guys i, I it's, it's maybe not something that i'm i'm just starting to play around with just remembering that parents are getting older there's a 10-year age gap between my parents so one of my parents is in their mid-50s and then no, wait, sorry. <laughs> That's not true at all. End of the 50s. One turns 60 in the next 12 months and one turns 70 in the next 12 months. And so there's a very different feeling between that. But the fact that my dad is turning 70 this year, it definitely does, you know, really bring that issue to the forefront. And the fact that he's really healthy and really, you know, just out in the world and doing tons of stuff doesn't mean that so it's, I guess it's a bit of a new issue for me just to even, even start rolling around that in your head. So within this idea of um, financial planning and, and thinking about parents' money and inheritance and all that stuff, it's like, 
I feel like I'm a little bit at the baby step of being like, okay, right. There's a world that exists without my parents in it. And then I kind of get stuck because I'm like, oh, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that. But the difference, okay, look, but the difference is, well, here's the, listen for the difference. So somebody is talking about their parents' money as in, yeah. oh, I hope they're going to, you know, I, I, I don't want anything to happen to them. Um, I don't really know what their plans are. I don't know how to have the conversation about them maybe having a power of attorney or how are we going to recognize when they can't take care of themselves versus, oh yeah, well, I, yeah, you're right. I might be underfunded for retirement, but we're definitely going to get an inheritance and I don't know totally. Totally. And, and again, not that that last one, I mean, I hear that last one a lot and it's not indicative of kind of a callous attitude towards what parents, but, um, with those people often the, the answer is like, well, let's just see what, I don't see what happens, I guess. But with the first one, yeah, there's lots of scope to talk about it. And I think it's really, I don't know. I, I want to be, I don't, the, I do not want to imagine a universe without my parents in it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I do want to spend some time, you wrote a very good article that we were talking about before we started recording that I, I want to I practice mentally the things that I would do because that is going to be difficult. And, and why wouldn't I think about it now when it's not difficult and I don't have the added stress of the, you know, the actual difficulty in front of me. Yeah. And this is, this is like the core of planning, right? And, and of course, it's, it's just, it's funny. It's funny that like, it's like you come up against the thing is like, Oh, nope, can't do that. And you know, it's like, and, and that's, you can really relate to people when they don't want to do that kind of planning. Because I also, like we talked about in the disability episode, but there's these things where, where planning can be the most useful. There's real reasons why you want to back away from it because you know, whatever the questions are, it's just, it's just challenging, challenging stuff or just questions that are just hard to kind of wrap your mind around or, just not comfortable ones to, yeah. to deal with. Um, yeah, fraught ones even. Like, so, you know, kids talking about their parents. Well, parents talking about their kids too. Like, yeah, I know I had a recent conversation with parents who do have, there is some real necessity for some discussions and planning around what they're going to do with some of their assets that we know they don't need for retirement. And, yeah. and, and one of them just said, mm, I would really rather just not have that conversation not be, I mean, not, not selfishly, just that's, I only have a certain amount of time to live with this family and I don't really want to spend that time talking and going through all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with kind of the more money side of that, that kind of two pronged issue, the way you set it up and, and, and look at that kind of specifically when younger people are planning for their retirement and seeing the fact that there's money in the family, property in the family, you know, do you or do you not take that into account? Because it's a, it's a really good question. And, and it's because it's completely reasonable on one level, you know, if you're planning for your retirement and there's like my, my family background is farming. There's, there's land that is owned. Should I not take that into account even though it exists? but will it exist and be still in the family in 40 years? It's, 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 it is ignoring it, just kind of denying what's there and kind of maybe ridiculously cautious in some situations or 
is, you know, just depending on things never to stay the same, kind of silly because things change all the time. Well, the first question, of course, that I'd ask is, if you acted as though it wasn't there, what's the likelihood of you really like negatively impacting your current standard of living? Like, are, what are we saying that, um, let's pretend it's not there and now you have to oversave. You're gonna yeah. oversave. Okay, it. I understand. Yeah. So what's like the likelihood of you actually not, not taking care of your teeth, for example, he's a really germane example, like not purchasing the right insurance because like, oh, I need that money to put into my savings account. The kinds of mistakes that people tend to make if they feel really panicked about like, I'm not gonna save enough. So are you in danger of that? Not you specifically, but that's a question I would ask for sure before. The flip side, of course, is the catch-22 for some family dynamics, which is if you don't save on your own, does that demonstrating that you're independent and responsible and all that, do you then get written out of the will? <laughs> Ooh. That's a, that's a classic <laughs> Robertson bombshell right there. <laughs> yeah. Is this yeah, Robertson catch-22, boom. Yeah. <laughs> if you need it, you can't have it. Yeah. If you don't need it, then you get it. There, like, there are people that feel that way, though, right? Like, that feels like something that might happen in a John Grisham novel, but it also, like, those are basically biographies of real people, right? Obviously. <laughs> Um, I guess, okay, I have to, I have to prep, or not preface, but I have to say that there is, my, my dear blessed parents, there is very little chance of anything coming to me or my brother on either side of my family or Seth's family. You can ask him about that later when we do couple money, but yeah. So, I, and of course I have to think about this for clients, but it's a different it's a different process when I'm on the outside looking at other people's stuff and saying, oh, well, ooh, you should do this. Boo, 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 boo. When I think about my own, I think, what's the, who cares? <laughs> it yeah. has nothing to do with me. There's going to be nothing. So why bother? Well, and, and that does make things a little simpler in, in a way, right? Exactly. Like it doesn't, there, there really aren't awkward conversations to be had then, you know, and there's a clear understanding of where everybody stands. There's nothing to kind of fight over. And you know that you're, on your own on the, in that kind of financial question, right? Isn't that? Yes, although, I mean, and maybe this is a different, like this is kind of a sidebar, but there are awkward conversations, especially about like aging, aging in place, care, those kinds of things. Of course. Right? But, it's not, yeah. but, they're, but they're not like, okay, parents, money. No, no, and, and that's like, I, I think that the distinction you made kind of at the beginning is, is a valuable one because there's the, the conversations that we need to have with our parents about aging and financial kind of needs and, and power of attorney and all that kind of stuff over here, which is, which is really important. And then kind of in our own personal planning, what's reasonable and what's not reasonable to kind of take into account and to when we're projecting things forward, since future projections are always kind of a crapshoot anyways. It's like, there's that, that uh, I think Carl, Carl Richards, is that his name? The yep. sketch comic uh, sketch guy. He was just talking about the things that are crazy, which is not unique, but that how crazy it is that we, the way we project, like it's a fact. You know, all the things that we project, like they're facts. When you're when you're looking forty years out, right? Like it has a certain amount of craziness to it. So it's like, is it any less crazy to take this into account than than anything else? Um, 
And, and in that way, it is simpler a little bit to know, like there's no major assets to kind of fight over between siblings and, and there's no um, complicatedness there. But one of the things that I think about a lot is just the fact that, you know, I don't know what assets are going to be important for my parents to use in their later life. You know, I, I'm not completely sure. And I don't think that, that they specifically know yet they're in the process of figuring that out. So it generally, it feels like I shouldn't depend on any of that because I would really like them to have a happy and healthy as possible next 20, 30, 40 years. Like that would be delightful to me if they lived until they were 120 and had enough financial resources to do that. And but never, it, sorry, and never spent any time thinking like, oh, I better not spend it, this because then we won't have any. Exactly. And there have been a few conversations that I've had where, you know, they've mentioned just like wanting to pass things down and, and, you know, being like, just like, just take care of yourself first. Like don't, don't cheat yourself out of something. And so in, in my head, it's, it's never necessarily been something that, that I've, I've, when I think forward, it's not a factor. It's not something that I'm like, okay, but I don't really have to because I'm going to have that. There are scenarios where I think about, you know, because it's, it's a real advantage to have a farm in the family. You're talking about land that can just be rented and it's a passive income source and land has generally had value that produces food generally over hundreds of years there's just a, a a fair amount of value for land that grows stuff so it's that would be great but you know i love my parents and they should if they need to sell stuff then they should sell stuff so. although it is like so with real estate that's not so with farm property for example or a cottage i think those are two really good you know a second home or whatever those totally. are two really good pieces of property or assets that you probably should spend some time imagining not again not because you want to avoid taking responsibility for yourself now or you're imagining your parents gone that's not it at all but those are things where like it's, it's not just like the family home is one thing but typically that is you know somebody in the family wants it or it's liquidated and divided or yeah cash is cash right cash investments cash. are investments but Farm property is it's kind of its own special thing. It is. And cottages are just this ball of complexity. So I think it's a really good idea to at least start telling yourself, okay, what is it that I want from that if I had the choice? Because then you can be a real, a real voice of clarity in ultimately what you should have, which is a family meeting about those kinds of assets. I, yes. And I think that it kind of comes down to, as so many things in planning do, just kind of having your priorities straight you know it, it or at least it helps me to kind of just be like in my own head the most important thing to me is that my parents can live well for with the resources that are available so they should consume resources whatever those are so that that can happen number one number two then you can start playing with these things it would be if an option i love the idea of keeping some farmland in the family, even though my brother and I don't farm. It's a connection to, you know, my family and, and farm property is such a, it, although I, I'm sure that there's a cottage connection here too, that people just have memories. People have this connection. People have this like multi-generational connection to this thing. It's more than just an asset. So it's, yes, there's a financial thing, but I would love if there was some way to keep some of that within our family that could keep on kind of getting passed down. That would be great. 
you know, over and above the idea that I would just like liquidate it and put the cash into, you know, you know yeah. a balanced ETF portfolio because that's the best way to get, no, like number two would be it exists and we get to keep some in the family because that's important. And then hopefully never liquidate it and just have it as an asset, maybe rent it out, have it something producing. But like, I think that it, it helps me to know, I guess those are only two things. So it's not as hard as other prioritization exercises. But it's helpful for me to know that and to have had some conversations with my brother about that too and to know that we're, we're in the same place or, or somewhat in the same place, although, you know, things can change over years too. Um, yeah, those are great examples, the cottage and the farm, um, because they are like real things that people might have very concrete ideas and emotions around in terms of, what form they take. Like if you get a bunch of stock certificates, it's like, well, do I sell the stock certificates or is there emotional value to having like, you know, Bell shares or whatever that my dad happened to like or whatever might come down. It, there's less of an issue of however you want to transmute that. Yeah. But when it's a cottage, when it's a farm, it's more likely that there's going to be some sort of emotional connection there. And you're going to be like, well, no, I, I want the farm to be in the family. Even if I'm not a farmer, I'll have to then come up with a way to lease out the land or take care of it. Now with a yeah. farm, <clears throat> odds from what I understand of how farmland works, odds are pretty good you're gonna be able to find another active farmer yeah. to the land from you and you'll be able to actually make some money off that. Cottages, not necessarily. If you're not much more difficult going up there as often as your parents did who had the cottage in the first place, then it can be a big expense to keep a cottage going it's true and you might not use it all that much so like for the sake of sentimental value of keeping the cottage and the family and keeping it going especially if you're not in the sort of profession that your parents were in in terms of the income level and the resources you have to support a second property it can be a challenge it might be a burden to get a cottage if you don't end up selling it um that's yeah and that's, that's a really good point and then also leads to family dynamic issues like if you and your brother, if your brother was like, hey, yeah, mom and dad, uh, if you give me the farm, I'll actually farm it. Like I'll move back home and raise animals and grow vegetables yeah. and, you know, whatever it is you do with farms, he'll go and do that. And you're like, no, no, I, I'm singing a financial planning in Toronto. And then, you know, if you were counting on getting some future revenue out of leasing land, and then you find out, oh, my parents split the will in unequally between me and my brother because my brother was the one who's going to farm and I was counting on some sort of resource and now I don't get it because of these issues and I mean I have seen that in friends and acquaintances where a family cottage was passed down to one of the children because that was the one that actually went there and put the sweat equity in to keeping the cottage open while the parents were in their declining years they were the one who were ones who were you know, cutting down the trees and cleaning up the leaves and doing the winterization and, and painting the walls and all the upkeep the cottages require, whereas the other two brothers were just like never there. And then, you know, the parent died and the cottage went to that one sibling. And then there was a big fight because the other two brothers wanted a piece. And then they had to have like a family sit down and be like, no, you guys weren't up there. Like, this is what mom wanted. And that's, I think that that's got to be one of the biggest factors is the idea of expectations, right? Mm -hmm. This It's one of the biggest things that's kind of really being discussed is, is what's reasonable to expect. Because if you're expecting without having 
real anything to back up that any conversations any kind of like real documentation to back up that expectation like that's where things can get really hairy whether it's between family dynamics or in your own planning whether you're like exactly what you're saying before john is like you didn't work to be independent because you just assumed i would give you this money and now i decided that i don't want to give you this money because you don't deserve it if 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 the expectation doesn't match what happens then you can like you can be some in some real trouble or it can just get really hairy with with family with siblings and and greater family yeah so and, and of course the advice which is good advice like well you know sit down have a series of family meetings maybe separately and then together it all it, it is it's it's good advice however people change yeah parents like if parents aren't the ones that that initiate that yeah uh, how do you initiate that as a child uh, in, a, in a situation where you feel like that's necessary? And, and how do you protect yourself against that outlier case where your parents could take it in by a cult leader and all of their worldly belongings then go into this joint communal pool that doesn't include you or, you know, whatever strange situation can come up that changes that plan down the road? Well, I think <laughs> that, like... <laughs> There's always the outlying situations that are impossible to plan for, right? Like, I think if you feel like your parents are particularly susceptible to a cult leader, maybe then there's things you can do. I'm not even sure. I don't think there are. I don't, maybe talk to a, it's going to be lawyer issues, but <laughs> for most of us, if that comes out of, out of left field, you know, that, that'll be what it is. But um, it's, I don't know. Like this is such a this is such a hard thing to say because every family is going to be different. Like this is when we start dealing with communication and dynamics and stuff like that. It's just how do you talk to your siblings? You know, do, do you all go to a certain one, or is it better to come from the parents? And so you talk to the parents, and and like it 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 just really depends on your family and and how you talk to each other. Yeah, and what if not talking about it would have worked out? fine but talking about it is like the catalyst for an enormous family fight and you make your parents last years miserable because you just can't control yourself i think and that's got to be one of the big fears for some people in their family the like, what timeline. if it's the darkest timeline what if not talking about it is actually the best way of going about it and talking about it because it's like what other a great argument is it to try to make money more of a regular conversation is that if you if you save it all for the last two years of your parents life it's going to be really hard to develop a, a, a faculty with talking with your family about money if you just you skipped it for 70 years and well, all of a sudden now it's on the table and it's important that you talk some of this stuff out maybe it's better to not talk about it then it's probably not it's probably well listen i mean especially as as this is a, this is going to sound like a very precise anecdote, and it is. As as some people age, they they get less trusting of the people around mm -hmm. them, and it gets very difficult if you have formerly had what you thought was a good relationship, um, and then as that person ages, it turns out you can't you can't ask to talk about things, and you can't show uh, what seems to them to be a, a a natural interest in their financial well-being because really from their perspective you're trying there they've heard all the things on marketplace about you know senior financial abuse which is a real thing. thing and they don't know how, and and i mean their ability not always but their ability to really 
properly assess risk um, has declined. And so there's not a real good way without negatively impacting their kind of quality of life, not physically necessarily, but they're going to, you have some real paranoia issues. You can't really talk about it. It really is kind of the best if you just sort of try and do what you can and mitigate from the outside and not actually talk about it because it's going to make them feel like you're stealing from them. And in that case, I would assume really maybe not working in parents' assets into your financial plan would be, like, is it fair to say that if you can't have a discussion with your parents about where the assets are going to go for whatever reason, maybe don't include those assets in your financial plan as a concrete building block. Like maybe, and that's yet again, a simplification or simplification because maybe that's the only way it works, but it's, it's really tough to tell anyone that they can, they can depend on something like this when there's just enough, enough stories to say that there's just so many things that can happen. Well, and so we talked about what's, what's the consequence today of you counting on an inheritance tomorrow? Well, yeah, the, the flip side is, well, the flip side is what's the consequence tomorrow of receiving an unexpected inheritance? Mm. I mean, of a certain size, there's a consequence in that it would be great if you could, if, if it could have been structured really well. I mean, there's ways, of course, to make an estate well, to avoid estate shrinkage, let's put it, let's put it that way. So if you can be, you know, if you can be assured that that planning was done appropriately, that would be great. However, the consequence really is of an unexpected inheritance is surprise, you have more than you did before. Like, uh, like what really is that I don't, and I don't mean that I don't want to be flip about it because of course people want to be realistic about the things that, yeah. you know, the real or, or imagined assets that they have. Mm, that was a weird sentence. But but in, but in reality, just as you say, if, if it's not somebody you can have a productive conversation with, if you're not sure about their, um, not stability, but if you're not sure about their willingness to change their mind frequently, depending on your behavior mm. towards them every once in a while, like that's not a relationship that I would want to count. And that seems really kind of not healthy yeah. <laughs> from a relationship perspective. Well. And then from a financial perspective, then to me, the, the, if the consequence, if, if you can't talk to them, then, then yeah, just, I mean, hope that you, that you can deal with the windfall appropriately. I, I think it's a really interesting, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around. And so I, I kind of want to talk it out for a second. The idea, the first part of that, because it's, yes, in an ideal world, you plan to not get it because it's not a sure thing. And if it comes, that's amazing, right? Like you're totally right. And like the, the cost of that is, is, is very, it's low tax implications and all that stuff aside, but there is a cost to always planning for the worst case scenario, which is kind of what you're like, what's the present cost of saying, well, what if everything goes wrong? What if they spend all the money and the market crashes and I have to keep all my stuff in cash? And like at a certain point, the reason we, we make projections and we say like, well, things, this is your worst case. This is your best case. And let's plan for the middle. Like if you're constantly worst casing, then maybe it, it, there's a real significant cost on your present and your ability to do anything. I agree for almost every other situation, except for this one. Interesting. Yeah. In general, I would say, no, you're totally right. I mean, this, I mean, this is going to be a slam on traditional retirement planning because what, what podcast episode is right without a slam on that. But like, of course we don't want to be, 
saving up 25% of our income today to have a life that's 50% better than it is today. Like that doesn't, that does not make a lot of sense to me to push yeah. all of our consumption into our later years. There has yeah. to be something. But with, with an inheritance, again, I mean, depending on some of those things that you can control for maybe like your relationship with your parents, not, not with the, per not a good relationship with the purpose of getting something out of them, but a good relationship because you love them and you want to have a good relationship with them. Yeah. That's in your control in a way. Um, but you can control your today in terms of how much you save, if that's within your capacity, obviously, but you're, I, I would find it very difficult to imagine a scenario where you, you plan for the worst in an investment or in an inheritance scenario and, and really materially make your life worse today. Do, mm. uh, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what if <laughs> I can't even explain it. If we're doing retirement, if you're my client and I was saying, okay, Chris, based on the kind of portfolio that you have and the amount of savings, and then yeah. what we can project about maybe the increased your savings capacity over time as your financial planning business explodes and you become a millionaire or whatever. I'm, really stressed <laughs> out. I'm super stressed out about that hypothetical. No. Okay. <laughs> How did I get so much money? What am I going to do with it? I, uh, you are in $72,000 a year. <sighs> calm down, calm down. Okay. <laughs> But so I could say like, look, if you, if you increase your savings, this is what we think, like here's your best case scenario at retirement, your middle case, your worst case. Yeah. And these are the spending implications of those yeah. scenarios. I just don't think that saying, oh, well, but if we insert at least like half of what you expect your inheritance to be here, now you can save a little bit less today. Like if you have this savings capacity, but you're not going to use it because of inheritance X over here, that's. And, and, you, and you already have the savings capacity. Why wouldn't you use that? I, I think that that's, well, that's the question okay. right there if you don't have the savings capacity. Sorry. Right. Well, like, I think that the capacity comes from like sacrifices. So for a lot of people these days, the buzzword is side hustle um, and overtime and stuff like that. And you're saying, well, if I could count on, <clears throat> you know, the hypothetical me not personally if a hypothetical person in a similar situation to um, perhaps myself or a general you know 20 30 year old is saying well you know things are expensive these days like rent is this much and food is this much and yada 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 so if i want to be able to save for a fairly decent retirement i need to be you know going on a vacation like this or i need to work extra hours after my day job do my side hustle to build up my retirement fund and then you go well if i just counted on my parents money covering that shortfall then i don't burn the candle at both ends and i don't have to do this side hustle and i you know then you start getting into places where it's like wow i really wish i did have those extra you know several thousand hours i spent side hustling back because i didn't really need to like i thought i did because i just didn't count my family's money. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. if the quality of your life is such that you receive an inheritance at some point and you say like, oh, geez, I really regret all those decisions I made in the past. I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to use the right words in this scenario. It's hard. I, there, there is an answer, right? Like I didn't, 
think of one before we started recording. I still don't have one. It's it's a thorny question, something to think about, and hopefully people will think about this as they listen. Uh, that's yeah, it's really such a it, it's such a kind of custom made answer for every situation, and at the same time, like I I'm tempted to just want to say that no, don't take your parents' money into account yeah. because I, I'm tempted to go w with what you're saying, Sandy. Because I, I and at the same time, like it. it it feels a little bit also like in some cases that just means ignoring a fact, ignoring a, a real thing, ignoring an asset. You know how I always seem like it's like, I like things that seem like hard work because they seem more virtuous. Right. That seems like that a little bit where it's just like, oh no, no, I need to figure out how to do it all on my own because that's the, that's the safest, that's the way we should do it. And it's the heart. And then if it's extra, then it's extra. And I'm like, I so love that thinking. Like it just really makes sense to yeah. me. And you feel a natural time, affinity to it. I do, but I do feel like in some situations that there's just, it, it might be silly. Not in all situations. It might just be silly sometimes to be like, like in, in the case, I know my, my, my grandfather has been really clear with his three daughters about how he's going to divide his assets, there's like land in his family. They know who's getting the farmyard, who's getting this. They're gonna divide that. He's very strict about how keeping things equal. Like it just, he's made it so clear that for some reason I know, and I don't need to know because that's just, it's not like, but it's, it's been something that he's made a real decision about. And you know, he's good at that. That doesn't mean that every family doesn't have that capacity, but it'd be very silly for any three of them to, well, well, maybe it wouldn't be like what, what in that case, do you, should you take into account the fact that he could change his mind? He could change that. Or do you take into account the fact that he's turning 90 this year and he's mm -hmm. been a certain type of man for 90 years and he's been consistent in the way he's talked about it for that entire time and just expect that it's probably going to happen that way and plan with that accordingly. Well, there's, so there's two things happening there, right? First, we are all in our 30s and yes. our parents are in their 60s or 70s. Exactly. Maybe, right? So we do not yet know, although I'm sure we could all each give a, you know, our, our, our feelings about whether our, like what the, what the probability of ruin is for our families in retirement, right? There should be so, a metric for that. Yeah, totally. Probability of ruin. <laughs> probability of familial ruin. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but they have like ideally they have 30 40 years of supporting themselves yeah. we don't know what sequence of returns they'll get in retirement we don't know those things for a 90 year old with 60 or 70 year old children it's probably you're probably closer to certainty there hmm. um and there, and then to go to the idea like should she expect it or is it silly not to expect it i guess it depends on what you mean by expect so you know, it's the idea of, okay, it's, it's going to, there's going to be some amount. He said, it's this thing. I, I can kind of give a ballpark. It's probably going to happen in this range of my lifetime. And this is what I'd like to do with that. That's expect. That makes sense. Expect as in, I'm about to come into a lot of money. I'm going to go to the loan shark in town and like, uh, yeah. expect and take action on something that is not an asset of yours yet to the point where any consequences of not receiving it are going to be quite negative or at least partially negative like that kind of expectation no still even if he's 90 even if he's 95 i would still say don't take action on that don't do something that has the potential for you know negative consequences for you but to, yeah to say yeah i'm gonna get something like yeah. that. yeah that that's a really good 
um, kind of uh, breakdown of expectation and the kind of two ways, like I think in general, expect, expect and expect, action. yeah, expect action and expect <laughs> plan, you know, where it's just like, you can be disappointed with an expect plan, but you can be ruined with an expect action. And I think there's definitely people that fall into that category being like, oh, my decisions have fewer consequences because this money is coming in, therefore I can act with impunity. It's that kind of like mm -hmm. trust fund kid, stereotypical trust fund kid scenario, which only I know only from TV. Maybe these people don't actually exist, but it's like, I can do anything because there will always be money, which is not necessarily the case. But yeah, that's a, that's a good distinction to make. And also an interesting kind of thing to just kind of note that these things get clearer the, you know, as, as you get older. But, um, you know, death isn't necessarily, you know, my grandpa's turning 90 and in great health. And that is wonderful. And he's going to be striding that farmyard till 120. They're going to be here on the weekend. They're going to come to Toronto. Very excited. My Oma turns 85 this weekend. So she's coming to celebrate her birthday in Toronto. They're going to come see the opera. It's going to be very sweet. It's adorable. But, um... <laughs> You know, it's just, this is the death can happen at any point part of that conversation too. It's just like, I think that often we feel like we can put these conversations off. And I really do think that if there's a way to do it in your family, to start having these conversations as early as possible, it doesn't have to be about death and assets and who you're going to give your stuff to, but developing a facility with your, between parents and kids talking about money that's that lays the groundwork for being able to have a discussion about assets later if you have a just a way to talk about your finances their finances you're just going to be able to even discuss some of this stuff so that you're not talking about power of attorney when they're just about to go into the hospital and they might you know never come out you're not talking about their assets when they're starting to feel really vulnerable and like they can't trust anybody you know that's way harder than doing it when they're in their late fifties or, you know, whenever just to be like, Hey, just start that. I don't even know how you start that, but it's kind of like in our first episode, we were talking about uh, like the couple 20 questions, you know, yeah. like the, maybe, maybe, would you uh, rather? yeah. Would you, this is like, maybe there's like another, there's a spinoff version of like apples to apples finance edition for aging parents. <laughs> Okay, we've got the three names of the siblings and just let's just put assets down. Who gets the family cottage? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. It's just a game. Let's just try it and see who gets mad, okay? <laughs> It'll be worse than oh. risk. It'll be the true game that ends family relationships. <laughs> <laughs> That's my novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, Jeez. man. Wow. Go us. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole series of those games, I swear. Financial conversation? <laughs> Nobody's going to want to buy it if it's called financial conversation. No. Yes, yet. <laughs> it's called yes, yet. Nobody's going to buy it. <laughs> All right, that's all we've got for you today. If you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a really good rating. That really helps people find us. That would be awesome. And if you loved what you heard, why not check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash because money. 
and lend us a little support so we can keep doing what we're doing. I am Chris Entz, and you can find me over at ragstoreasonable.com. I'd like to thank my partners in crime, Sandy Martin, who you can find at Spring Financial Planning, springplans.ca, and John Robertson, who you can find value at Simple, or his blog, Blessed by the Potato, which is holypotato.net.